Today, we talk about the New York-New England rivalry's true roots, possibly, <laughs> and when did baseball go from being played on an oblong square to a diamond? We cover all that and more in today's episode. So let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Pitch by Stitch, a podcast about the history of baseball, stitch by stitch. Happy Monday pitches. I am hoping that this is recorded, edited, and posted all done today, but I just wanted to give a little background because we've been slightly off on posting our podcast episodes. I previously recorded this episode. I had it all edited. I scheduled it to post on SoundCloud and across all our other platforms, and technical difficulties occurred so that did not happen however I then tried to re-record and edit because I wanted to add an extra note and in that time we saw a lot of baseball news happening and it just kept getting later and later so in the end I ultimately decided to completely re-record the episode and I wanted to try something new in terms of how I recorded the show And that's where we are today. (laughs) We're going to start off today with the latest baseball news. First and foremost, the trade deadline is quickly approaching and teams are shaking up an already wild season. The big ultimate question I think every year when this time of season comes is will your favorite player still be on your team when all this is over? And... All we can do is wait and see how the chips fall, especially in such a shortened season. Also, in case you didn't know, baseball took a brief pause this week in solidarity with the NBA and WNBA to shine a brighter light and bring more attention on a social justice issue that they deemed was more important than playing. Because, as you probably know or are aware, sports has always been used as an escape in tough times and this is one tough situation that athletes feel cannot be escaped from or should no longer be escaped from and I'm not trying to be political here so all I'm gonna say is one reason that I've always loved studying the history of baseball is because when you look closely at the history of the game it runs very parallel with the history of our country and this is one of those moments it's another stitch in the story and all we can do is wait and see how it unfolds interestingly enough the word baseball itself has just as long of a history as the game one recurring theme that you're going to find throughout our show is that with such a deep history of the sport We're going to have overlapping information and topics covered episode by episode, post by post, because we just don't want to miss 
a single stitch in the history that is baseball. For even more information about the history of the game, you can actually head over to our website, pitchxstitch.com, as we post every day about new information regarding ballparks, professional and collegiate, history, fun facts, and we give you even our take on some of the most current and hot baseball topics happening. While you're there, you might as well sign up and join the team because then you'll get weekly recaps of pitch by stitch highlights sent straight to your inbox every Friday. With that being said, we are now going to go back in time to England in 1700 when a memoir written by a Reverend Wilson was published. And in it, he wrote about how he personally protested the widespread of playing baseball on Sundays. (laughs) The irony here is that we learned in our previous episode, a game by any other name, that early ball and stick games were once town events that were held after Sunday services in church courtyards. And better yet, there are even more written accounts that have also mentioned a game of base being played by none other and enjoyed by George Washington's revolutionary soldiers at Valley Forge. Of course, not all games called baseball from this time were the same. Before Alexander J. Cartwright wrote the first rules of the game down, baseball was not one uniform game, but a family of similar games that were related to each other with their own local version. And if you haven't already, you can learn more about these rules in our last Pitch by Stitch highlight episode. Now, around the mid-19th century, some of these games had developed formal rules of their own and were played by adults in organized clubs. As baseball progressively gained popularity, it became known by many different names. Town Ball in Philadelphia and Boston, One Old Cat or Two Old Cat, or anything else in which the players cared to designate it in New York before eventually just becoming known as the New York game. Now, the differences among the versions of these games varied by region. For example, in Philadelphia's town ball, there were stakes arranged in a square configuration instead of bases in a diamond. And in fact, records say that town ball clubs formed in Philadelphia and nearby Camden, New Jersey, as early as 1831. And yet, in spite of all this, the two most popular versions of the game were the Massachusetts game and the New York game. The Massachusetts game, which was also sometimes known as the New England game, was closely related to town ball and featured 60-foot base paths. It also used wooden stakes for bases, and this version was usually a high-scoring game as one out made up a half inning compared to three outs in a half inning these days. And the game would end when one side scored 75 tallies or runs. On the other hand, the New York game had three base bags and an iron plate for its base stations, and the iron one became known as home plate. But do you get why? Because it was round like an actual eating plate before changing to the five-cornered plate that we know today. And if you're looking for more differences between the two, the Massachusetts game had a post at each of the corners of its oblong square with the base for the batsman between the first and fourth post, and the base runner completing his rounds around the bases when he touched the fourth post. 
versus in the New York game, the runner would score when he touched the home base at the batter's original position. In 1858, there were enough of these clubs in the Boston area to form a league, which became known as the Massachusetts Association of Baseball Players, with their own constitution and a code of rules. But again, before September of 1845, when Alexander J. Cartwright formally organized baseball with his written rules, the most popular version of the game had been the Town Ball Massachusetts game. So for a time, the Massachusetts version of the game threatened to rival Cartwright's New York game for national supremacy. But by the end of the Civil War, as Philadelphia and Boston were both outstripped economically by New York City's commercial power, Town Ball and its Massachusetts cousin were abandoned in favor of the rapidly expanding New York game. So perhaps this is where the New York and New England rivalry truly began. You can learn more about the Yankees-Red Sox rivalry as well as the other top five rivalries in MLB history right now on the blog at pitchxstitch.com. But you'll be happy to know that today many of the various forms of baseball haven't disappeared. Softball, stickball, and baseball-type games of the playground remain extremely popular. Some of them still even use archaic elements such as throwing the ball at a base runner in order to put him out which was known in the Massachusetts game as soaking. We're going to talk a little bit about the evolution of baseball as it originally started as a form of rounders and grew into what became known as town ball of New England being played in the 1830s. It then became the Americanized form, which was known as the New York game in the 1840s, but it was all pretty much a slow progression. In fact, you could say the game had grown by the decades. In 1831, town ball was first introduced in Pennsylvania, and the Olympic Town Ball Club was organized in Philly in 1833. But it wasn't until 1842 that the New York game began to be played in New York, and it wasn't until 1845 that the first regular baseball club was organized in the city. The town ball form of the game had very similar features to rounders in its rules, such as the four post base stations and the putting out of runners by throwing a ball at them. But what changed by the old Knickerbocker Club really defined the New York game? Well, that would be the reduction in the number of bases from five to four and altering the form of the infield from an oblong square to a diamond. And the main reason we went from playing on a square to a diamond well, the New York players found that in playing town ball, after hitting a home run, they had some trouble turning the corners of the posts of the square. But by using the diamond square, they could almost run the bases in a circle. And it was this change that was the first innovation that transformed town ball to baseball. While location dictated the version of the game played, no matter where you went in the early years, the scoring terms were all the same, taken from cricket. These early boys had taken cricket as the foundation and created a game to fit their limited equipment and along with their youthful ideas, made what would be the fastest and best form of contest. Next time, we'll dive into the history of baseball in the 19th century. Until then, you can learn more about the history of the game and keep up with current baseball news by logging on to our website, 
pitchxstitch.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our e-newsletter to get a weekly highlights recap of new posts and podcast episodes straight to your inbox every Friday so you don't miss a single stitch. As always, you can talk baseball in between posts and uploads with us on Twitter at pitchxstitch or on Instagram at pitch underscore x underscore stitch. And if you head over there right now, we are actually having our first giveaway on Instagram. It runs until September 4th with winners announced on September 5th. Just click the giveaway post on our Instagram account at pitch underscore x underscore stitch for all the details and rules. Thanks for joining us this week and we'll see you next time, pitches. Today's episode's main sources include Baseball and Illustrated History by Joffrey C. Ward and Ken Burns, 150 Years of Baseball by Stephen Hanks, The Encyclopedia of Sports by Frank G. Menke. Pitch by Stitch is a Felice Deportes production. Research, editing, and audio mixing by Felisa Cardenas.